Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. I am your host, Will May, real estate coach and leader at Keller Williams Greater Omaha. And thank you for joining us, first off. So I'm excited to get into episode one. And before we start, um, the purpose of the Built Different Podcast is to have real conversations with actual agents that are in the market on a day-to-day basis, knowing that in our industry, we have an 85% turnover um, when it comes to agent retention. And so that 15% or that group of top agents that are excelling and succeeding in our market, I wanna talk with them and bring that and give that back to the market, the real estate market, um, and see what they're doing um, well, where they struggle, and just have real conversations with real agents. So, that being said, our first episode, I got Jim Hare in the house. Hey, what up, Will? Yes, welcome. How y'all doing? Good friend, and we've been working together, been in the trenches with me for four years now. Yeah. Right? And so, I'm grateful for you hopping on today. Absolutely. And you and I kind of connected early through just work ethic. Yeah. Right? So kind of give give us a background of how long you've been in the industry, what you've been up to the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm honored to be here with you, Will, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. I appreciate you. Yes. Um, I'm excited to share some things, but I'm looking forward to even the future weeks of the people that you bring on and the, and the content that you create. Um, you were made for this. <laughs> And this is going to be so good. So I'm looking forward to just receiving more week after week. I just know the content is going to be so good. Thank you. It's going to help me grow. Uh, I guarantee it will help you grow as well, too. So stay connected and stay tuned. Yeah. This is going to be something you might be part of every week. Yeah, this is going to be fun. And quick backstory: We were going to do the Built Different podcast with top agents only hearing their stories about what they've been through in their life and their whole career. And we kind of transitioned out over the past couple of weeks to shorter episodes with more content driven, right? More tactical things you can do on a day-to-day basis. So that's what we're gonna get into today a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so okay, give me a little backstory on you. Yeah, so backstory, I got into real estate through a transition. Um, I was working in ministry at the time. Um, a, a change came up where we wanted to support a different ministry and, and be a part of that. And so uh, I was working full-time in that. Transitioned, got a sales job in radio sales. Did that for a year. The plug got pulled on that because they got sold. And I was just praying. I'm like, man, what do I do next? And I just felt like uh, a door opened into real estate. Yeah. And so took that head on. Uh, my first year, I did four sales. <laughs> uh, not good by anyone's standards. <laughs> and uh, it was just a real challenge. Yeah. And it was in that second year that you and I connected that things really began to um, exponentially grow. Yeah. And man, just got some pretty cool things. So it was just... It's been a, a whirlwind since then, uh, some highs, some lows, and just learning a lot through the process. Yeah, I always remember my first month um, in the brokerage here, you know, leading, and you were, I think you were kind of on the way out, not sure if this is working, you were waiting tables in the evening, just working really hard, and we put a plan together, and I feel like fast forward seven months, you put nine under contract in a month, and after that, it all kind of changed, right? Yeah. That was crazy. How was that, what did you do that, that seven months? So, I think it really got back to, so door knocking was a thing, mm-hmm. right? So that was that was the big thing. Uh, I had started to do that, but I didn't quite know what I was doing. And then you came along and really gave me some good scripts, um, some good things to say. It was that pivotal question of asking people, like I would always ask, who do you know? Yeah. But when you told me to ask them directly for the business, like it just changed everything. It all changes then, right? Uh, yeah, and so just having that really helped me to go to the next level. I was putting in the effort, but when I had my skills sharpened, it's really when uh, begin to see results. In yeah. Ways. And then every single day going out, right? Like talking yeah. to people on a daily basis. So I'm going to, we're going to have a little bit of fun here to start and then we're going to get into probably some scripting, um, what your day looks like now and how that's transitioned over the past year with the different yeah. family stuff. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, first question I got for you is if you could write a book today, what would you write about? 
So if I could write a book today, this is something like it's been like a, a theme I feel like is my life that um, it's kind of like serious too, but it's it's like the sobriety brings strength and health. Yeah. But it'd be called everything expires, and so um, we all have an expiration date. So uh, there's a story back when I was a little kid. We used to go to High V for breakfast. Mm -hmm. That was the spot to go to, and I got a carton of milk one day, and I didn't look at the expiration date. And so I went to take a drink and it had chunks in it. It was so disgusting. <laughs> Like I got that drink in my mouth and it was just like, oh, and um, it's just a clear illustration how some things can be really good in the right time. Yeah. But there's an expiration date for everything, whether it's the relationship, the job that you've had. I've transitioned through so many different jobs. Yeah. Had no idea it was coming, but there was an expiration date on up ahead that I never knew. Relationships, people that you have in your life, like I'd love to have everything in my life for the rest of my life, but it's just the time and seasons that come and go that if we can realize that not everything is infinite, Yeah. that there's an end in sight, that I'm gonna value that thing so much more because I don't know how long I'm gonna have it for. And if I value things better, I'll get more from them, I can give more to them, and my life's gonna be a way way more fulfilling. So I'd love to It'd be something like that. Yeah, you need to write that now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got a bunch of notes on it. It's one of those things, like, I'm gonna write that someday. It's like, if I don't make it today or soon or yeah. plan for it, it's coaching is gonna change. We got accountability on writing this book. I need it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, what's the biggest misunderstanding of being a realtor? The biggest misunderstanding I would say is that uh, everybody says I want to get in for freedom. I want to I want to be my own boss. I want to do my own things. But people don't manage themselves well enough to be successful. Yes. Like you just said like eighty five percent turnover. Um, it's because we want the freedom, but we don't understand that freedom really requires discipline. Yeah, it doesn't mean just whatever you want, whenever you want. So I think that's the biggest misunderstanding that people want to get in. They think that it's easy. Uh, it's I would say it's simple, but not easy, right? Yeah. Like we're not doing rocket science, but at the same time it is hard work and you're managing people's emotions. You're helping them through the largest investment that they'll yeah. ever make for most people. And so just understanding that it's there's more behind the scenes and that it does take a lot of discipline to be successful in it. Yeah, and, and what we see, especially with agents coming in and or agents that have been in the business that maybe aren't you know, succeeding the way they want to is there's no like one size fits all kind of way to do this. Uh, from what I've under, kind of understood through coaching is like everybody has a different personality type, yeah. And so you got to Matt, you got to bring your personality to your people and then connect with them in order to to help them, right? Yeah. So, how are you at a point now where you're done seeking and hunting so much and you started attracting? And what was kind of the switch there for you? Maybe it's years two, three, and four. Yeah, I think that's really good. I want to I want to hit what you just said there about being your authentic self. Yeah. Because I think in real estate too, we've we see HGTV or we see the shows where they've got like really fancy clothes on and they yeah. drive a certain car and like we think that we have to project some image. But I found exactly what you're saying is when you're just all your authentic self yeah. and I don't put on a facade, whether it's through the language I use or the clothes that I wear or like I want to be professional. Of course. I want to be presentable. But when I'm real and authentic, I connect in ways that I never could trying to be some fancy somebody that is not really who Jim is. Yes. You know, so... Um, yeah, that, that, that was huge what you just said right there. And then connecting into that, remind me the question again. So no, the question was, as you kind of transition from hunting and seeking so much every day um, to attracting people to you, which is like what we in the real estate industry call referral-based business, right? Yeah. What was the difference there and how did the, how did you make that happen? Yeah, I, I think just putting the hard work in the, the first three and even four years, I'd say really the first three years, year four was a 
interesting year. Some some unexpected things came up. Yep. But the first three years, putting in the hard work there, setting the groundwork, when seeming like certainly in year one, it seemed like nothing was happening. But I was branding and getting in front of people consistently, uh, and doing the work where you're not seeing the fruit yet. But it started to come. Yeah. But that's I think when people can give up and quit. Um, and so it's just putting that work in, being consistent. Consistent's one of the uh, Achilles heels of most people, but certainly real estate agents. Yes. Um, it's been a focus for me this year is consistency. And so being consistent has really what's helped to build to where we are now. We get a lot of referral business. Yep. I think it still takes work to keep the momentum going, but significantly less work than what it was in years one, two, and three. Yeah. So what did years one, two, and three look like um, on a weekly basis? Like we track numbers pretty heavily. What numbers are you tracking? How many people are you talking to? So, so my week would look like Mondays are my day off. Okay. It's, my, it's my day off to be with family. I think it's really important to day off, take a day off. I remember an agent telling me when I was first getting in, like, oh, you got a day off. Well, that won't last for long if you're going to be successful. Um, there's a lot of lies in real estate that yeah. agents just think you have to do certain things, and you don't. You can work whatever schedule you want. Um, but I do work six days a week, right? Yep. So I didn't work Mondays, but I did work Tuesday through Sundays. Yep. Um, and so I think that keeping that in mind, uh, numbers-wise, it was we were working to hit 60 contacts um, every two weeks. So I think it was 30 contacts a week is what we had. Yep. Um, 30 contacts a week. We met every kind of every other week, yep. hitting 60 every two weeks, 120 a month. Um, but that was really on the low end sometimes. I feel like we would, yeah. we would push. Early on, probably much more than right. what we've transitioned to now. And then it comes down to our skill sets, right? Yep. What is it that we're saying to the people we're talking to? What value are we bringing? What kind of questions are we asking? Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it would take quite a bit of door knocks to even to get to that 30, yeah. right, each week. So it was it was a lot of work to get there. Um, but the value adds, like you talked about, we, we re-ramped what we were doing, what we were handing out to people when, when we'd be at the door. Um, how I'd get in front of them, marketing, all that stuff played a really big part in how yep. I could be consistently in front of people. Yeah, I think that that's huge, right? Um, let's go through like literally what your script is. Like, if you were, how do you build rapport and get somebody to trust you within 30 seconds? Like, that's really yeah. the hard part of door knocking, right? So, what is it, like, go through your script overall. What do you say? What do you bring? What does that look like? So, I think just smile. I think you'd be amazed what a smile does, right? Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, even just as we're like, we make each other laugh with a smile, right? Yep. Um, a big Forrest Gump wave is really important, I think, too. So, I mean, you could do whatever, but this is just authentically me, yeah. right? So, a big wave and a smile. It's hard to be mad at that person when they're at your front door. Because <laughs> the mindset of most people when they come to the door is like, I was making lunch, I was with the kids, yeah. you know, whatever time of the day. Why is this person here? Yeah, they're not expecting you. They're probably not wanting to talk to you. So, how do you disarm a lot of that? Just be a big, huge smile, a big wave. You'll be amazed how many people that disarms. Yep. And then from there, hey, Jim Hare from Keller Williams, how are you doing today? Yeah. And this was a really important point that you taught me too, is I would just, I would go into the next thing right away, rather than just taking a quick pause there yes. to really hear how they're doing and get a response from them. Most times, oh, I'm doing good. Yeah. It's just that, that, you know, the response that everybody gives. Yeah, and quick break there too. Nine times out of 10, they'll say, how are you? And yeah. we don't even answer it. We go straight into our sales script yeah. as you know a real estate agent. But answer that question. They're asking you, right? Yeah. So I think genuinely listening, but genuinely caring how they're doing. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're there to make a sale, but if you'll care about people and hear how they're doing, I mean, I've had a lot of people just talk about their day and how, and how what's going on, and that connection point is really important as you're trying to establish credibility in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's awesome. 
so yeah, so starting with just humility, coming from contribution, big smile, big wave, um, and then really just going in and, and asking the questions. So yeah. there's, there's three questions, right? I'm asking, who do you know in the neighborhood looking to build, sell, or buy a home? Yep. Um, nine times out of 10, they don't know anybody. Uh, okay, well, hey, I'm sorry, my name is Jim Hare. What was your name again? Yep. They share the name, awesome. How long have you lived in the neighborhood for? That's great. What's been your favorite part about living in the neighborhood? And you've helped me understand that those specific questions right there, were, we're getting them to open up. Yeah. We're getting them to talk, right? Yeah. Really, yes and no questions, right? Yeah, right. I mean, do I really care about what their favorite part of the neighborhood is? How long they've been here for? Not genuinely, sure I care, but like, I really want to know what, 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 who they know that wants to build, sell, or buy a home. That's right. But if I can get them talking and build rapport, that opens up. So when I do ask the questions that I want, that rapport is there, their walls are down some, and now we're going to have a conversation. Really yes. ask. Yep. So asking them how long they've been lived there for, you know, what's their favorite part about the neighborhood or the area? And then we ask, great, well, hey, you know what? Not just in this particular neighborhood, but family, friends, coworkers, church members. And who do you know talking about needing to make a move right now? Yeah, so do you feel uncomfortable asking a second time or have you gotten used to that? No, I've gotten used to it. Beginning, I'm probably uncomfortable, but you've gotten used to it now just because it's normal for you, right? Yep. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the first time I'm asking who do you know in the neighborhood, the second time who do you know, and I'm saying those trigger words to get them to think about the other spheres of their life. Yeah. So, but it's still making them think the same thing, who do right. they know in general, right? Yep. Just helping them to, to think about it a little bit differently. So that's usually also a no. Um, but then it's the third question, and this is the one that I hinted at earlier that you that was the game changer. Yep. Uh, because you would think, who do you know that, well, if, if you want to move, yep. you would think you would know that and they would mention it. But there were times when that person was thinking about moving but I didn't ask them directly that they just wouldn't bring it up. Yep. And so I began to see the change when I was like, hey, well, if the situation worked out, we found you the right home, the right price, the right neighborhood, would you be considering a move? And that was when the real conversation- It all kind of changed? Yep. Yeah. That's where the business came from was that question right there. Yeah, that's huge. And then um, if it's, so for everybody kind of wrapping up the script, if it's a no, is it just like, we're done, I'm like, leave, have a great day, are you asking them anything else before you leave? Yeah, so um, I will try to probe a little bit deeper, like, gotcha. So at some point in the future, is that a goal for you guys, or yep. do you just see yourself here long term? Yep. If there's any opportunity in the future, then we we'll definitely probe into that a bit more. Okay, great. Yep. Is it a job change working on, kids going off to college, is that what you're waiting for? Some of those kind of things. And if we can gauge more interest, then we'll set follow-ups for that. Yeah. Uh, but if it's just a no, and there's, there's just really nothing there, um, I'm wanting to stay in front of them because yep. life happens, right? We think nothing's coming up, but then... You know, something comes up where we need to make a move. So I'm asking them, well, hey, um, I love to add value to people. Um, we've got a, a, a neighborhood newsletter we send out that talks about the homes that have sold recently in the area. Um, and, and some of those things that we can add them onto an email list. Yep. Um, I'll either probe with that or just say directly, gotcha, well, hey, what's the best email for you? And look, if, you, if you're listening to audio, you look yes. down at your phone, you can't see that, but look down at your phone and don't make eye contact with them. So for whatever reason, that gets you better responses. That's right. That was another thing you shared with me. And so whether I'm sharing them value or just saying, hey, what's a good email address for you? Because sometimes if they, they, no, I don't want another newsletter. Yeah. I don't want that thing that you're going to send me. But maybe they would take it and receive it and like it if they got one. Yes. So, hey, what's the best email address for you? And I get the email address. You ask the email address first because that's the easiest thing to give. And then if you can get that, you'll probably get their phone number also. You've got their address because you're standing in front of their house. Yes. You've got the three main things that you need to really stay in front of them uh, and market to them in some different ways. Yeah, and I think that's huge. And so, hey, what's your email? Look straight down. And then 
right away after, hey, phone number to confirm. So it's not saying, hey, give me your phone number, phone number to confirm. I've had people, I've asked people for their phone numbers before, saying, hey, can I get your phone number? No, cool, what's your email? Here's your email, phone number to confirm right after, and they'll give it to me, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's just the, it's just a cadence. If you, if it's normal to you, it's gonna be normal to them. Right. If you feel uncomfortable asking those questions, guess what's gonna happen? Yep. They're gonna be uncomfortable. So to summarize that, um, you have intro, hi, how you doing, Forrest Gump wave, why you're here today, yeah. questions. Who do you know looking to buy or sell real estate? Friends, family, who else do you know that may be looking to make a move? Um, if you could get the perfect price, would you consider selling? And then trying to stay in front of them and get them their information if they are to move in the future. Correct. Right. So you hit all those points and then it's just about a numbers game after that, right? Yeah. Consistently doing that over and over again. Yeah. I think that's big. So two different reasons you can door knock are for lead generation right around listings if you have a buyer um, or farming. What did you do more? So at first, and really at the, the majority of what has been, is just lead generation. Yeah. It's just been knocking. We've been kind of working to farm a certain neighborhood, but just things have come up. Yeah. Family, life, whatever. And so we, we've put together pieces of that plan. We just haven't got it to fully hit yet. Yeah. So, but that's the plan though. I mean, that's, we've, we've done enough sales in a particular neighborhood that we target a lot with that we have a lot of influence. I have a lot of their contact information. And so it's just putting those pieces consistently, right? There's that word, yeah. consistently in play um, to make that happen. Yeah, and so you spent that first one, two, three years focusing on door knocking, building your database, and that's where you have now past clients and good friends and family, I'm sure, that are that you've met out door knocking. Um, the last year has been really focused on database, right? So what are you doing to differentiate yourself from other agents and to your database, the people that know you really well? So I think it's kind of funny. Um, the thing to differentiate myself would be calling them. Yeah. What? <laughs> Which, what? Actually, yeah. Actually calling them. So um, the big difference between myself and many other agents is that we just don't call our database enough. Yeah. And so it's good to have value. It's good to distinguish yourself. But if you just made the calls, yeah. like that would be a distinguishing point right there from so many of the people. Um, I remember the person that helped me to buy a house before I got into real estate. They never gave me a call following up. And like, I'm not, I'm not just someone in their sphere. I'm a past client. Right? Yeah. So, um, and that was a number of years, never got a phone call. Love that person, it's all good. But it just shows you like, even someone who has, had made a sale, they weren't following up with them. Yeah. They certainly weren't following up with their sphere of influence either. So just putting a strategic plan together, um, going by the alphabet is a really great way to go. Yeah. Um, it's as simple as just going through the contacts on your phone, right? And taking a screenshot where you left off and pick up the next day. Oh, that's good. Um, that's kind of a primitive, there's way more better ways to do it, but if you if you didn't have a plan in place and you're just scrolling through your phone, screenshot where you left off, pick up there the very next day. Yep. What are you what are you saying when we call them? How often do you call them? And what the heck do we say? Yeah, so some people are very creative with like, hey, they're doing care calls or they're doing like, you know, these different like it's holidays or it's this thing. Um, I've just found for me if I just say, hey, you know I work in real estate, I'm working to, to build my business. Who do you know looking to build, sell, or buy a home? Yeah, so you'll just ask them. I just ask straight out. Um, it doesn't feel, again, everyone can do it differently. Everyone has their own flavor. But for me, it's just felt very inauthentic to call and say, hey, how are you doing? What's going on with this thing in your life? Oh, I saw on Facebook you did this thing. Oh, by the way, who do you know looking to, and they just, yeah. I mean, they know in the first place, I haven't talked to them for a little while. I'm probably calling about real estate. So why not just put that on the front end of the call? Yeah. And then once that's out of the way, I can be more genuine in asking about the things of their life. Yeah. And that just is connected better for me. Yeah, I think that's big. I mean, I'm going to kind of go into how people can set that up real quick because 
getting to where you're at is difficult for some people. You're a more direct person. People that know you know that you're a direct person and they have respect for you. So you can say those things. For an agent that maybe doesn't have that kind of mentality towards their people, um, if your first call through your database, you were just saying, hey, I've realized that being around, you know, whether it's a coach or my team or my the brokerage top agents, that in order for me to succeed, I need a supporting cast of people yeah. that love me and will help me build my business. Do you want to be one of those people? Yeah. All of a sudden, you got people saying yes to supporting you, right? Yeah. That's an easy yes. It's not a hard question to ask. And then from there, if you just set the expectation, hey, you probably um, have life going on, kids, family, work. You're not thinking about who can Jim sell a house to every single day. Is it okay that when I call you four times a year that I just ask real quick if you know of anybody looking to buy or sell real estate? Yeah. But I think I set expectations. I think it's huge because people want, we were wired and created to help other people. Yes. Like it's in our DNA. And so if we just ask for help, yeah. like there's some humility in that where we have to actually like say, I, I need other people to be successful in real estate. Yeah. I can't do what I'm going to do if I don't have a network of people that believe in me and want me to succeed. And just asking them, hey, would you, like exactly what you said, that's so huge. Um, and people, there are people who are on your, there are cheerleaders for you. There are people who want you to succeed, but we're not activating them. We're not inviting them in and casting the vision to help them be a part of that. That's really cool. That's really big. So, and I think you've done a really good job of that. Now, you can't just continue to call them over and over again asking for business. You've got to present value too, right? Yeah. So email drips, uh, you have video emails that you do quite often, yeah. right? So those type of things play into this to where you've already set established, hey, I'm providing value and, yeah. oh, by the way, I saw real estate, who do you know? Yep. Yeah, so last um, November we did our first client event. Yeah. Uh, we've been waiting to do that for a long time, but just like time, right? Time is just how do you manage your time well and, and make the most impact with it. Yep. So we found that doing a holiday greeting card event where we paid for a professional photographer to be there to set up a holiday scene where people could bring their family and their friends and their pets, yep. or whatever they needed, and they could get an updated Christmas card photo. People love to send out Christmas cards, but they don't want to pay 500 to $1,000 for a photographer just to send out their cards. Yeah. So we had all that set up. All they had to do was come. They got a 15-minute session. They were going to get a couple photos that we paid for. They could buy additional ones if they wanted to. But it was a really cool value add that we're talking about that didn't cost a whole lot of money relatively yeah. for the amount of people I could reach. Yeah, that's big. And if you're an agent that maybe doesn't have the, the funding to do something like that, partner with somebody that wants to help you build your business, right? We have yeah. vendors in this industry that also want to be a part of what you're doing. And yeah. so those are good people to partner with in, in events like that. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, okay, cool. I'm going to transition a little bit here to time because I know you have a very balanced life um, when it comes to family and how you view that with work. Um, what happens at seven every single day? What happens on Mondays um, when it comes to your time and your family? Yeah, so we began to rework this a little bit too because I think one thing that's important is that seasons change. Yeah. And understanding when those change happen and being sensitive to that and making the adjustments is gonna be key to the peace mm. within your home and with your business. But, um, but it's so hard, it's, it's easy to miss sometimes because we've got our head down, we're plowing forward, we're trying to get the calls, we're trying to make the contacts do the things, we're putting fires out, all that stuff, and we've missed the bigger picture of what's happening in our lives. Yeah. And so um, so the rhythm for us, we've recently readjusted. I've hinted Mondays are my day off. Yep. That's pretty consistent. Um, after 7 p.m., I don't take phone calls unless we're doing an offer. Yeah. Right? So there's going to be exceptions to the rule. If, like, if we need to get a deal done, something like that. But if there's a, some, a fire that happens late, late night, like I'm not taking that call. Yeah. It's going to disturb my peace. It's going to rob me of my evening. I'm probably not going to fall asleep very easily. I checked my emails this a couple years ago. Um, there was a really big deal that I was going to make a pretty big check on. 
um, connecting a, a seller and a buyer together. And I saw an email come up and I was excited, oh, what is this? And I, I had to check it. I couldn't, I didn't have self-control in that moment. And so I read that email and basically found out that I wasn't going to get that check. Yeah. It was going to be like a $25,000 check. Yeah. And, which would be huge for me now, but even more than like would have been really, really huge for me, you know? Yeah. And so it hit me in the gut and I, it took till about two o'clock to fall asleep that morning. Yeah. Cause I was just stirring in my mind of all the things of how I got sidetracked and all that stuff. And so how could I went differently. We've all been there. Yeah. How could I done it differently? Why did, how could I pull it together when, if I just would have waited till the next morning, I could have dealt with it and got a good night's sleep. Yeah. So at seven o'clock we shut things off unless we're doing deals. Um, and then, so a new addition now is we're revamping things. We want to bring a buyer's agent on, but yeah. as we're navigating through that process, I still need to show homes. Yeah. So I leave work at 2.30 and I'm home by 2.45, 3 o'clock. That gives me an hour and a half to be present with my family. I'm not going to take phone calls or texts. I'm going to be with them. We're going to have dinner at 4 o'clock. And then by 4.30, we're finished up. And if we have showings to do that evening, then I'll move on and do those things. Yep. If not, I'm with family. I've engaged. I'll engage with them more because I've done my work in the front half of the day. Yep. Um, but if showings need to happen, then that way I've had family time and I'm not, you know, getting home at five o'clock and going straight to showings and not being with them. They've got an hour and a half or so with me and then we'll go showings till about 6.30, but I'm still gonna be home by seven o'clock. Yep, that's big. And so the cool thing about that is, A, number one, such real estate agents, you can be selfish in this industry for you and your family. Yes. That's like A1. Number two, you can find success doing that too. Right. Right, you'll attract the right people to your life. Um, okay, a couple things as we start to kind of wrap up here. Uh, what's one thing if it's somebody who's not hitting their goals or they're having a tough time in this current market, brand new agent, whatever it is, yeah. what's one thing they could do this week to put themselves in a good spot to succeed? You need accountability. Yes. That can come in a lot of different forms, but um, there's a guy right here I'd highly <laughs> recommend. They're not paying for this. Yeah, no, no, but I just, I, I genuinely believe that uh, Will has been a huge piece in how we've been able to grow and his accountability and his business acumen and his insights um, and just the plans he put together. I think he has a really great way of putting strategic plans, not just like the blanket, like, oh, go do these things, but yeah. like helping tailor a plan to whatever you're looking to do um, and flesh that out with you, I think is one of the really big value adds that you have. Um, totally unsolicited. Thank you, yeah. Right, but, but very like genuine from me. I think it's important. So wherever you're at, um, you need a coach. I think this guy is the best, but if whatever it looks like, yep. even a not great coach is better than no coach, yep. right? Because there's going to be a level of accountability there. There's going to be some systems in place that they can help you with um, because you just need that. If you don't have that, that's where you're failing. It's going to help you take you to the next level. Yeah. So somebody that's been through it and it has a structure to go grow inside of it. And then right. go do the work, right? Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about doing the work. Okay, cool. Uh, last question I got for you. If you could go back and give your day one Jim Hare, real estate agent, um, first day on uh, on the job, what kind of advice would you give yourself, knowing what you know now? Yeah, I would say stop waiting and just dive in. Yeah. Because I remember, I look back now, my first year, I spent so much time like getting my Facebook stuff right and getting all my email signature right and you know doing all these different things that got me zero business. Like, sure, my emails looked a little bit better and all that stuff like that, but I was never asking for business. Mm -hmm. I was checking my email, I was doing all the things, I was making social media posts, which are great, like there's a social media strategy, please do that. Yep. But at the same time, I needed to be out actively asking for business. I wanted to have everything perfect and then start it. Mm -hmm. But if you wait for perfection, you're never gonna have progress. Yeah. And so you've gotta just get out and start doing the work, learn along the way, would be a really great point to have. Learn along the way, go do the work, because as you get out, 
you'll get ahead of yourself. Yeah. And then you go find people like Will and you're like, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. Help me. Yeah. How do I manage all this? Like, go get underwater. Go get above your, like, get underneath. What am I trying to say? Get up yeah. over your, the water over your head. Yeah, exactly. And then that way, you'll learn more that way than trying to have one thing at a time and get that perfect and put it all into place. Like, just go out and get it. Yeah, I think that's big. And so talk to humans that may buy or sell real estate every right. single day. That's the first step. And then adjust and make the necessary adjustments to go in. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I appreciate making the time. This has been fun. And we will see y'all next week. Peace.